0: and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan.
1: What's going on, everybody? I am Greg, I am not Mike, I am Greg from Midlife Cards, and I am filling in for Mike. He's taken a little hiatus for a little while, and he's asked for some guest hosts, and I am truly honored to be one of those hosts. So excited to be with you today for a discussion with a guy that I have a lot of admiration for, that I've gotten to know over the last few months. And I feel like I have a lot of, a lot in common with him. And so when Mike asked me to come on and be a guest host, and I said, who should I have on with me? It was an easy decision. And so I want to introduce you to Darren. Darren's channel is called Return to Collecting. And Darren has a really awesome collection. And one of the things I like most about Darren's channel, and if you're not subscribed, you should, is he shows off a ton of his collection and pretty much every time he shows one of his new pickups, I'm like, that's a card I want too. I just can't buy it yet. It's on the list. So Darren, thanks for coming on and thanks, thanks for joining me and Hey, welcome.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, it's funny because, you know, we, we've, I feel like I've known you for a long time. And yeah. I feel uh, we've texted a lot. We've commented back and forth a lot. We've emailed back and forth, but like we haven't really. Talked and never
0: spoken, right? Yeah, I
1: know we'd never spoken, <laughs> and so in fact, we were playing phone tag on even talking before we came on today. So this is actually kind of cool mm-hmm. that we're taking that step in our relationship today exactly. on the show. So Mike is allowing us to do that, and it's it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So when I first reached out to you and I said hey there's a few things that you know I think would be fun to talk about and uh, we kind of kicked around a couple of ideas and one of the first things that came up for me that I was like hmm I would really love to hear Darren's take on and there's really two that I want to talk about with you but the first thing is I was in the middle of doing my video that recently came out on the, the price difference between rookie cards and second and even third-year cards and mm-hmm. how there's this huge drop. And we all like rookie cards, right? And, um, you know, you've got a lot of rookie cards. I think you'd probably consider yourself a rookie card collector. Yeah, yes. Um, and, but, but why are we rookie card collectors when the value is so much it's there's such a drop like for example a Hank Aaron in a PSA 5 a rookie card 1954 tops Hank Aaron is just under $5,000 mm-hmm. but a second year a 1955 Hank Aaron in a PSA 5 is about $700 so it's like 7 times more expensive right. for a rookie card than a second year card and it's not like the second year card is ugly like, it's a cool card. Agree. So being a rookie card collector, why why are we still rookie card collectors when the value seems to be so much more affordable in the second, third year?
0: It's a good question. So me personally, I can't speak for everybody that's a rookie card collector, but me personally, I've been back into collecting now for about four years. And when I got back into collecting, one of the things that I wanted to do was – buy some of the cards that I remember seeing as a kid when I would go to a baseball card store, go to a card show with my dad, you know, I'd see these cards when I was a kid and say, oh my God, wow, maybe someday if I could afford it, I'd love to have this card, right? When I was a kid, you know, I'd mow lawns and do, you know, chores and whatnot, you know, when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, I think the best card I ever bought was a 54 tops Hoyt Wilhelm that was pretty rough is before grading wasn't graded but I'd always see these other cards and some of the cards that I would see back then you know I I I just couldn't afford right like I'd always wanted a Nolan Ryan rookie never had one and then when I got it and I got that was the first card I got when I got back into collecting um I started doing my Nolan Ryan run And I was, I was buying, you know, obviously other cards, you know, from his playing days, I realized while I'm doing that, if I have the money, I would like to pick up some of those cards that I remember as a kid. Right. And it was a great example. The, the Hank Aaron, I think the Hank Aaron rookie was maybe the fifth card I bought when I got back into collecting, just because it was so iconic from when I was a kid and I wanted it. Mm -hmm. Um, I picked that up. And then I think, it when I I picked that up I picked up a 56 mantle which obviously isn't his rookie card I finished my Nolan Ryan run and at that point it's okay now that my Nolan Ryan runs done what do I want to do next Mm -hmm. and I just decided pick up some more you know cards that I just wanted from when I was a kid and when I think of those cards I think of the cards that were you know you know more iconic cards you know, the cards when you, you know, when I was a kid, I would buy the books about collecting cards and mm-hmm. even some of the books now, a lot of them are rookie cards. Now there's a lot of cards on my list in the future that aren't necessarily rookie cards, but I kind of got into that, that, that just kind of that flow of buying the rookie card, because I think personally with few exceptions, the most iconic card for each player is usually their rookie card. Not always. Yeah. Mickey Mantle's a good example, right? His 52 tosses which is with his most iconic cards, not his rookie. Sure. Yeah, you know, but other than that, I think, you know, most most of the time the rookie's the iconic card. So I started collecting that because I just thought it would be fun to collect the iconic card. Now I haven't, other than Ryan, I haven't done like a player run. And I figured if I just started doing rookie cards, at some point if I decide to do a player run, I've already purchased the most expensive one. So now it's okay, cool. I I could, you know, it's less impactful in the future. Right. So that's why I started. And then when I started buying them, I just, you know, I don't know. I just, it it was nostalgic and I just started picking up more and more rookie cards. And then when I started doing my top 50 countdown, I tried to show in most cases, the rookie cards. So there's a few rookie cards that I picked up. Specifically, you know, for players on that on that countdown. Okay. So for me, it's it's not so much that I pick the rookie card because for any other reason other than it's nostalgic for me and I just you know I like the card. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely other cards outside of rookie cards that, that that I collect and on my my next round of list, like my 2024 list, mm-hmm. I think the majority of those actually aren't rookie cards. Just I guess getting back into collecting, for lack of a better way of saying it, I guess building up my base of my card collection from getting back into it, I just ended up going with rookie cards. And I don't know. I think sometimes, you know, I, I you know, if I, I'm having a rough day at work or whatever, and I say, you know, I just need to relax, and I could, you know, pull out my Hank Aaron rookie card, or you know, right that like get to me talk. to relax. <laughs> yeah, just be like, ah, oh, this is such a cool card. It's, I don't know. Right. So for me, it's just so, I do it because so, I enjoy it, not so much. Yeah. And I have no intention ever of selling my cards. I was talking, actually, it was funny. My my family was in town for Thanksgiving. I brought them back to the airport today. And it's about an hour and a half drive to the airport. So I was talking to my brother on the way up. And he asked me, he's like, are you ever going to sell your cards? And I said, no, my grandkids will sell my cards, right? Maybe, okay. hopefully not. But mm-hmm. my, you know, at a minimum, my grandkids will sell my cards. So I don't buy any cards because I look at it as a true investment. I... You know, I sometimes I'll look at the value of the card and sometimes I'm like, oh, if I waited, I could have got it cheaper. Oh, I should have bought it earlier. Sure. Right. But other than that, I don't do it for any reason other than I enjoy it. So for me, I just like rookie cards and they're the kind of cards that I like to pick up. And I just, you know, my collection is, it's not big. I think I've got maybe 250 graded cards in my collection. So it's it's not huge. I just... It's just where I've been because I'm just getting back into it. Yeah. Long story. You know, come back around for right. You asked me 10 minutes
1: ago. (laughs) No, that's, that's great. And so it's interesting to me because that, that response that you just gave, I have, I feel like I have like five questions for you from that response. And so, I'm going to be a little scatterbrained, I'm sure, and which is part of the effect of not having had these conversations prior. Sure. But so when you were a kid, you were into vintage cards, not modern cards?
0: Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, I really, I mean, when I was a kid, I would open packs with my friends, but my 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 grandfather and my dad were both big baseball fans. My grandfather didn't collect. My, my dad, he didn't really collect, but when we would talk about, We go on road like family vacation road trips and stuff and the whole Mm -hmm. time in the car we talk baseball baseball history Mm -hmm. and the the people that i learned about from him growing up were all vintage players right so i i had much more of an interest in that i think when i was a kid like i said the best card i bought was the hoy wilhelm the best card i had in my collection was the 62 tops manager's dream card i got that as a birthday present um that was when i was probably 12
1: do you still have that card
0: no i bought a new one because i, I missed it i bought i bought a new one. it's in my, my parents my mom says it's in a box in the garage somewhere i've been going through boxes in the garage for the last four years when i get when i go back to their house and i haven't found it yet so yeah. hopefully the upside is it's remember the old screw down plastics that were like oh yeah you know an inch thick it's in there so hopefully it's yeah. in good shape except if i want to send it to psa it'll get altered because it got it squished i'm sure sure but uh, other than that, no, I'm. we have it in the family. I just don't have it in my possession at this time.
1: <laughs> so, so anybody who's listening or watching and isn't familiar with that card, the 1962 set is the one with the wood border. And the Manager's Dream card is the card that has Mantle and Maze on it, which is a very cool card. I mean, maybe the two icons of that era, And it's a really cool pose it's a really cool it's probably at like an all-star game or something and it's just such a cool card um so i know that you were thinking about showing some of the rookie cards Mm -hmm. and when you were talking about your nolan ryan um i've seen your nolan ryan rookie card and it is a not just your average nolan ryan rookie card um do you have that one to show
0: i i will momentarily sure you can uh, i'll start
1: I'll, i'll talk about it so uh darren i don't know how i guess i was on a little live thing with with you or something we were in a live room and you said hey check out my nolan ryan rookie card i don't really remember what it was and you showed it and it's an older sgc label and i'm going to describe it as you show it because again i know a lot of people uh, listen and just stream this uh, audio so they they can't see what you're about to show but if you want to go ahead and show it so it's an older label sgc and it's a 96 and (laughs) they they, the old label sgc system you know went up to a hundred and they didn't really give hundreds. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen a hundred. I think I a 96 is the highest I've ever seen. So I know it's, I know their calculation turns that into a nine, but that's about the nicest quote unquote nine on earth. It's basically in SGC's older viewpoint, that was as high a grade as you can get, right?
0: Yeah. And it's, and I've, I I mean I love this. This is again this was the card that got me back into collecting. I love this. This is my favorite card in my collection. If I had to sell my collection, I would this is the one card I wouldn't sell. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so clean. It's it's oh, it's, it's, it's centered perfectly for, centered. For and those
1: borders are so easy to get little scuffs. Mm-hmm. And its the edges are just so sharp. Running and on the and back, even the back is centered.
0: Yeah, the back it's it's Within the range of of a ten, yeah, ten mentoring.
1: technically can be sixty forty,
0: right? And it's, I would say, it's, it's easily
1: sixty forty on the back.
0: Yeah, it's a bad And then, and I've looked at, I've looked at a couple when I first got back into collecting. I, I actually, I pulled a couple high res pictures of some PSA nines of this card and mm-hmm. compared it to the PSA ten, and. I, I can't tell the difference i think that the the one psa 10 and the one sgc 10 they both are slightly off-centered on the back and about the same on the front and you know just as clean corner wise edge wise so i'm not quite sure how they grade the nine i mean i don't know what takes it from a nine to a 10 with either sgc or psa because they're they're just so close and the two tens that exist from one from each
1: Mm -hmm. are both
0: slightly off-centered on the back so
1: have you ever um, thought about sending that back into SGC? Because being that SGC does 9.5s, PSA doesn't. PSA is 10 and then it drops to 9. SGC right. does do 9.5s. It's, it seems like with that grade and look of it, it would at least be a 9.5. Have you considered that? Like have thought it about to it. National?
0: I've thought about it. A couple of people have asked me if I wanted to cross it to PSA. And I said, no, because it's just knowing if I send it to them in an SGC slab, they'll probably give it an eight and I'll go through (laughs) the roof. So not worth it. Right. But I was thinking we I uh, I have some family in South Florida. So I was thinking if next time I go down to to visit, I might bring it with me and try to make an appointment at SGC ahead of time and bring the card in and sit down with them and see, is this something that they would reslab potentially a to get it in the new slab, so it just says nine and not ninety six nine, mm-hmm. um, or possibly regrade it for possibly a nine five. Um,
1: and, and you wouldn't want to do that at the national. I mean, because Peter Peter would, is there at the national, you could true. probably book an appointment with him. True. And say, here's my card. I think it's a ten. This is basically your old ten grade. Mm. What, what do you think?
0: I would, yeah, I would do it either the national or just take it to SGC next time I'm in in Florida Mm -hmm. and just make an appointment. But yeah, that's definitely something I would consider. I definitely wouldn't cross it to PSA, but I would consider getting it re-slabbed to see if they would potentially look at regrading it at a potential higher grade. And I, yes, my only concern is if it did get a 9-5, I'm pretty pretty sure SGC is like PSA where they will charge you based on the value of the card uh
1: they have some tiers but the tiers are nothing like nothing like psa tiers
0: okay well that's it's good a then, pretty yes.
1: high it's a pretty high tier that stays at the 15 Okay. and it, it, you have to get that card would be above the tier and i don't know the jumps because it was only uh, you know maybe a month and a half ago that they switched it uh, okay but uh it I mean if you got that regraded with PSA and and it got like a ten, you'd be writing them a big check. But yeah, yeah, uh yeah. if you did it with SGC, it would not be that significant of a check.
0: Yeah. Okay. And I, I need to look at that because I definitely know if it was PSA and it got even even a nine.
1: Yeah. I'd have to I'd have to give them my car to get that. Well, thing because <laughs> what I mean, there what is there? There's just one ten, right?
0: Yeah, the one yeah, there's only one ten and I think it's it's sold in like 2018 or 2019 for like 650,000.
1: And so so we're talking about in theory if that got a 9, that would be the second best the second best ever graded by PSA. So, I think there might be an upcharge which they would be happy to they'd send love, you.
0: They'd love yeah. to take it, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh my dad actually used to have he had a psa 9 um joe montana rookie card but it was perfect i mean he bought it raw uh 25 years ago Mm -hmm. and he got it graded 15 years ago and but it was like it's like no this is perfect and they gave it a 9 and he sent it in he resubmitted it for the 10 and they they did it they moved it to a 10 and it, uh, the upcharge, they called him and they're like, you're going to have to send us like an extra, like $600. And he's like, but if I send you $600, it'll be a 10. Right. And they're like, yeah, because that's the only grade higher than a nine. So yeah, right. it would, it's going up. And he's like, couldn't write the check fast enough, you know? Right. Exactly. So um <laughs> So, and so you're, I know you're a big Nolan Ryan guy. You've got your Nolan Ryan jersey that you've shown on your channel. And again, I, I do also want to point out a minute ago, you talked about your top 50 countdown. If you're not a subscriber of Darren's yet, again, I recommend it return to collecting. And he goes through his top 50 players of all time. And as he gets to each player, he shows cards from his collection of that player. And so, he was referring earlier to he had bought a few cards of rookie cards of players for that countdown. And so that's what he was referring to. And and right now, last I checked, you're on like number 33 or 32 or something like that. Is that number right?
0: 34 five was 35. last week so yeah 34 will drop it was, on friday it was
1: eddie collins i think is yep. that the last one
0: yep eddie collins is 35 uh last friday and then yeah i, I, I do a new i do the countdown every i drop it every friday at yep. uh, midnight so i i legitimately
1: midnight. look forward to those videos because i get to see cool cards from your collection nice. so yeah. those are very cool <laughs> so check those out if you're out there listening um so but back to the nolan ryan so you're, you have the nolan ryan run you have the huge nolan ryan rookie card you have a cool nolan ryan jersey that's signed and if i remember correctly it, it had some stats or some extra um inscriptions or stuff on it like why nolan ryan
0: he was my favorite player as a kid he was my favorite player to watch as a kid and uh i think what locked him in is my favorite player is when he got in this fight with uh, ventura <laughs> Yeah. And I just thought that was so cool that like the old guy, you know, beat up the kid. That thought
1: yeah. was great. <laughs> how how old were you during all of that? Like when were you opening packs? You said you opened packs with your friends. Yeah, like, I started like, opening
0: packs. Opening. I'm pretty sure I started opening packs in 87. I remember, I don't remember ever opening 86s when I was a kid. I think I started in 87, um 87, 88, 89, and 89 my mom got me for my birthday, she bought me the complete set of the 89 upper deck. Mm-hmm. Um so I remember that. And then I probably collected for another couple of years. So I probably collected 87 to maybe 91. Okay. And then I stopped and I stopped collecting and uh I I still would watch baseball. I, I didn't go to a lot of games and I didn't collect anything from when I was probably i don't to be 14 until you now I was 40.
1: Mm-hmm. And so we must be pretty similar in age then. Cause 87 was when I really started to, I'm, I'm 44. So
0: I turned 45 on Sunday.
1: Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. That's <laughs> right. You did a video talking about your birthday. I'm like, I didn't know it was your birthday. <laughs> so I said, happy <laughs> birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Um, yeah. So we are the same age basically. Um, so back to the rookie card, second year yeah. card, kind of yeah. uh the gap thing. Are, are there when when you look at it personally, um as as a collector. So is it like a price point thing then? Because I do agree with you like I the iconic cards of these guys are their rookies. Like I I mean, I can picture in my head pretty much everybody's rookie card from about 48 to i don't uh almost on right there's probably a couple that i would struggle on but if we're talking like hall of famer Mm -hmm. or even star i can pretty much picture those but a lot of them i can't picture the second year now i can of the guys from like the 50s like i can picture you know a second year yogi bear and a second year you know Mm -hmm. willie mays but but I might not be able to picture like a second year Willie Stargell or something. Right. Um, right. I totally get the iconic thing. So if somebody was newer to collecting and the rookie card was not really affordable or they had more limited funds on how to spread it, do you Mm. think, would you, so if you had a friend that was getting into collecting and, and they didn't have pockets that they could go out and buy a bunch of rookie cards, would you say, you know, go for the second year cards, like get four, five, six second year cards, or would you say save and wait and get the rookie card of the guy that you like?
0: That's a good question. I would say there's, I would look at it a couple of different ways. If the person wanted to have, if they wanted to just build out their collection and that was kind of the goal, absolutely go for second, third year cards, go for later cards for years that they, you know, did something interesting right like if a player you know for example like if, if somebody says hey i want to buy some cards of yankees but i don't have a humongous budget I say, okay you know depending upon the budget rather than buy a mickey mantle card maybe buy a 62 tops roger maris that shows his 61 or his yeah 61 home runs in 1961 yeah. right? right like cards like that so maybe a card for for an iconic year for the player or like second or third year absolutely if the person's, if if the per, if if my friend were to ask me hypothetically, you know, I want to, I'm more of a quality over quantity. Then I'd say there's a lot of cool second year cards to look at, and if there's some iconic rookies you want, you're better off saving and getting that than buying, you know, maybe third or fourth year cards where as you build up the number they end up in like a box as opposed to like somewhere where you could like display it and enjoy it Would be my would probably be my advice like if you're trying to do like a player run or if you're saying hey I haven't collected in a long time and I want to build up a base Mm -hmm. then I would say absolutely go for cards from iconic years and or second or third Mm -hmm. if somebody says I have like a case that fits 10 cards and I just want cool cards for that case. And I I don't really have a time frame of how quickly I want to fill it. Then I would probably say that then me personally, I would say save up and buy the rookies. Or buy the rookies in the lower grade too. Like my brother, he got back into collecting about two years ago, and all he has a ton of really iconic cards, but he buys all of his vintage in PSA two. Mm-hmm he finds PSA twos that have really, really good eye appeal. And he buys them all in PSA two. Like when we are at the national this year, he was there with us and I picked up like, I think about maybe six or seven cards. He probably picked up a dozen cards, but all of them, all of them were iconic cards, but he got great deals on some really good looking PSA twos. So then, and that's another, I think another approach too, right? If you say, I love, I really love the look of the rookie cards. Cool buy a a, a Hank Aaron rookie in an authentic that has good eye appeal or buy it in a one that has a beautiful front, but somebody might've stuck it in a book. So the back has, you know, glue on it or a little bit of paper loss or or tape or something, right. Buy it that has nice, you know, eye appeal on the front, right. There's, I think there's a lot of ways to go about getting the cards that you want based on whatever your budget is. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's more, if somebody were to say, how do I do it? I would say, what do you want to do, right? It's, do you want to get, do you want to do a player run to start with? In that case, start with their last year card and then go from their newest to their oldest. That gives you the most time to save up for the, you know, because a lot of guys, even, you know, like Willie Mays, right? Great, iconic player. If you buy his 73 tops when he's on the Mets, you know, get that in like a six for, you know, 25 bucks or whatever it is. Right, You don't need to save up for that, right? You just buy it. And then you can start, you know, say as you're buying like maybe a card every couple of months, you put more money in savings than you spend on the card. So over time you, you build up kind of that war chest to buy, you know, his stuff from like the early sixties down into the fifties. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I think there's, and that's the beauty of the hobby, right? Is there's a ton of different ways to do it. And, and you take the approach that I think, you know, take the approach that makes sense to you. And buy the cards that you like, and I know that there's some people that say, "Look, I, I buy cards for how, like, you know, my impression of of, of the look of the card, not so much the how iconic the card is." Mm-hmm. And for that, awesome. Like, there's a lot of players whose best looking card is not their rookie card,
1: for sure. And it, it, it's funny, <laughs> I'm I'm like so distracted as you're talking, and and it again, like I said earlier, like. I have like twelve questions that are that are exploding as I'm as I'm listening to you, and I'm looking over your shoulders and as you're talking as well. And on one side, you've got it looks like uh, a display case with a bunch of Nolan Ryan cards,
0: and yeah. then on the yeah. other
1: side, you've got a case with like because like one thing I don't talk about a lot is I talk about all the iconic cards from my childhood, mm-hmm. like the eighty four Donruss. Don Mattingly, like the 86 Tops update Bo Jackson, like the, you know, all the cards that you've got up in in the other cases. It's like, it looks like you have a Jerry Rice rookie card up there and you have like all these cards. And I'm like, those were the, those were the goal cards as a kid, you know, when we were kids, those were the cards you all wanted, and you probably didn't have more than one or two of them. Right. And so, like, whenever I go to shows, I'm looking for those as mm-hmm. much as I'm looking for, you know, the 33 Gowdy Lefty Grove that I want. Right. Right. And so it's so funny that we're so cut from the same cloth. It's kind of scary. And <laughs> and I'm watching I'm watching that and learning about you. I've never noticed that before on your channel. I don't know if you have a different background or if I've just not noticed or you had a tighter shot yeah. usually. But I've never noticed that before.
0: Yeah, so I've got a few cases. This one here has – so my cases outside of this one.
1: Are, so he's – I'm going to describe as you're pointing, because there are people that are going to be listening. So on okay. one side, it's the Nolan Ryan. And then on the other side that he's pointing to are a lot of the kind of uh, kid grail cards. If you grew up in the late 80s.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the top row of that, that case is my Derek Jeter rookie run. Yeah. And then the, the second row are some of Derek Jeter's high school cards. Mm. And then some of my iconic basketball cards i've got the jordan rookie the lebron rookie kobe bryant rookie and then i've got a johnny unitas rookie and then the ronnie lott rookie and then the next row i've got a couple more modern ones i have the jerry rice and the mahomes rookie and then from there i have chronological starting with the uh um mattingly's because my other cases that are not behind me are chronological i have one case from 1887 to 1951 and then the case next to it's 52 to 83.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then it jumps to 84 in that, in the case behind me. So got it's it. kind of, it's kind of jumbled a little bit. Cause I got I, it. When I first started collecting, I just put everything in those two cases. And then my wife pointed out that I, I need more, I need more cases, which was <laughs> <flawless>. So she <laughs> bought me two more cases and I filled them up.
1: <laughs> so you're leading me to the other thing I wanted to talk about with you. And that's how do we decide? what to buy next because for me i've mentioned on my channel a few like many times Mm. that number one i'm usually not patient i've been patient with my 54 ernie banks for whatever reason Mm. but for most cards i'm not patient and i see it and i buy it when it's the one that that meets what my eye is looking for. Yep. And and so I have a lot of cards that I'd really like to get, but I'll start building up my war chest for one of those bigger cards. And before I get there, I go, that's a sweet 56 tops, uh, you know, Ted Williams. I need to have it. It's a three and a half, but it looks like a seven. I'm buying it. Mm. And then I bring back down the ledger, yeah. you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm constantly trying to fill up the bathtub with the plug out, you know? So, right. um, so what is your strategy? Cause it's something that I'm not good at and it's something that I'm curious on how other collectors do it. And you've got such cool stuff. What is your strategy? Like, how do you, how do you budget money for certain cards and how do you decide is there a list of five cards and you're only going after those five or is it 20 or is there one and they move up or how one. do you, how do you decide what's next?
0: Um, a couple of things. So how do I decide what's next? I've got my list. So I, I had my, what I did was I, I looked at the cards I needed. So I'd have at least one card for each player on my, on my top 50. And that was my list starting just before the national. I was like, this is this is something I want to do. And I noticed, I'm like, oh, well, when I made my list, I was like, oh, I got, I think, you know, 32 of them already. So I was like, okay, so I got to pick up the other 18. And so I made that list and that's what I really focused on. And I realized I was doing the same thing that you said is, you know, I was like, okay, I, I'm saving up for some of the big ones. And then I went to a car show in Denver and they had a, a 53 Bowman, Ted Williams and a 39 play ball uh, DiMaggio, neither of them are rookie cards. And I wouldn't necessarily use those for, for my countdown, but I saw them at the show and I bought them and I was like, well, you know, war chest is zero. So, (laughs) you know, starting over. So once I, when I did that, I took a slightly different approach. So what I do now is I have two, it's so easy to, you know, you go on your bank's website and just click open account. And they're like more than happy to open another savings account for you. Right. So I've got a baseball card account Mm -hmm. and then I have a grail card account. So what I do is in my baseball card account, I put a little bit of money in it. You know, each time I get each paycheck, I put a little bit of money in. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if I get a bonus or something, I put some more money in. And when that hits a certain level, I move some of it into that grail account and I don't touch the Grail account. So if I'm gonna to go to a card show, regardless of how much is in the Grail account, I look to see how much I have in the card account, and that's what I spend at the card show. Mm-hmm. That way, worst case scenario, if I deplete that completely, because you know I saw five cards I really wanted that weren't on my list and I bought them, which happens every time I go to a card show, I don't touch the bigger savings that I've been setting aside for the Grail stuff, and that's helped control me saying oh hey like on a whim you know i might say you know what i kind of want is you know the top's finest refractor from 93 maddox mm-hmm. and i just go spend whatever on that card and i'm like crap you know uh, i could have bought a mickey mantle for what this thing cost. <laughs> yeah. i don't do that anymore because once i hit w- once once the account hits a thousand i start i put money into the that goes in the grail account and mm-hmm. i i keep enough to go to a card show and pick up some stuff in in the card account. That approach has helped me because I'm usually good with spending except with baseball cards, I guess. That's the only thing that like, I get a little right. sloppy with the control on.
1: <laughs> right. I'm the same way. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm too tight with my money. You know, I mean, we paid off our house about, uh, almost two years ago Nice. and when, and, and that was like a goal. Like I always set these goals and then mm-hmm. work really hard. And we took like a 20 year loan, then made it a 15 year loan. And we ended up paying off in like nine. Nice. And it was just like, and then, but, but, but the whole thing was, is when I do that, it'll free up more money. Like when Lucy has her soccer tournament down in San Diego, mm-hmm. we don't have to really stress out because we don't have a house payment, you know? Yeah. And so, <clears throat> I'm like that with money, but with cards like you, it sounds like I'm different and I have my own card account and I put money in there whenever I sell something, whenever I make some little extra amount of money, you know, occasionally YouTube throws me a a few scraps and I'll throw that into my account. And then I kind of build it up a little bit. Right. And then what ends up happening is that's kind of where it, all then goes to whatever pops up but so i've got two questions then follow-up questions on this number one what's considered a grail card right because you say it goes in the grail card account like is one card on the Grail list right now or is our 10 cards or are 40 cards on the Grail card list because like i saw your video and again if you're not following darren check out darren's channel and go to his his national show pickups video i he had some really cool stuff that he got so were those all grail cards or was just the biggest one a grail card so that's kind of so hold on hold on so that's that's one part of it is is does does the money for a grail card go toward one card and what's the difference between a grail card and a non-grail card
0: so for me i would say I have a list of, let's not even call it grail. Let's call it goal because to me, grail is tough, right? Like for me, grail might not be the right thing. I have, there's true grail cards. So for me, a true grail card is something that's unobtainable, right? So an M1015 Babe Ruth rookie card for me is a grail Mm -hmm. card, something that I'll probably never get, right? So then I have my goal cards and they're... I have different tiers of goal cards and I used to tier it based on how badly I wanted it. And when I kind of looked a couple of years ago, what I was spending on cards, I re-tiered it to price points. So it's like, okay, here's the cards I really want that are in like the highest tier price point that I'm willing to spend money on. Right. I mean, if I won the lottery, it would be a different story, but it's, you know, so I, I tier it out. And what I try to do is say, okay, once every couple of years I might buy something from the top tier. And maybe once or twice a year I'll buy something from the next tier down. So like for example, at the national.
1: Yeah, show I grab, us I grab
0: some cards. I actually grab some <laughs> cards when we're talking rookie cards. Yeah. I grabbed the rookie card from each decade. Okay. Show, those, but, show us
1: uh, the one from the forties. So let me
0: <laughs> so let's see.
1: Because the one from the 40s at the National was phenomenal. There it is. That's oh a card I picked
0: from the gosh. 40s. So, um,
1: so he's showing a Satchel Page 49 Bowman in an SGC 5, and it's gorgeous.
0: So this was, now that the was back, my 40s pickup. So this would be... I would consider that card in the Not it would be the second to top tier card, okay. That I would buy maybe one of a year at that price point, Mm -hmm. max. Mm -hmm. Um, not something where it's like, hey, I would wait multiple years, but yeah, so there's that one. Um,
1: and and so a top, give me just a taste of what a top tier is besides the Babe Ruth is a 52 manual, not in the
0: top tier because it's not, it's an unobtainable for me, okay. So a top tier. I'm trying to think what's some good top tier
1: 52 mantle, 51 mantle, 51. 51 mantle.
0: That's definitely okay. on my list in my, in, in my top tier, something that maybe I'll pick up in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Hopefully um, that's on there. Um, there's a few, so I've got a, um, the yellow 33 Gaddy Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. I would like to over time get the other three. Mm-hmm all of them would be in that tier um
1: what other cards are in that sort tier? of like above 10 well that that, yeah. that satchel is, is right in there too but i would but yeah
0: yeah i would say i would say for me the top tier maybe is 10. okay about there's a few cards that are a little below 10 that i keep in there mm-hmm. and there's a few cards in there that you know i put in there because i'm like i don't know maybe they'll come down in price or i'll find find a good deal on like an authentic like one of my like i would say the most i would say my grail card that might be possible at some point would be a 36 uh worldwide gum dimaggio mm. um but that would probably be the very very top but that's not that's almost like separate that's like hey you know you know the kids are all out of college and they're off you know they're off my dime maybe I'll start right right that. they're
1: yeah. never gonna be off your dime you have yeah, girls.
0: True. <laughs> that's true. Um <laughs> but yeah that's that I would say you know I, I kind of tiered that way. So okay so, so how many cards
1: are in that top tier then you think maybe five ish, six ish?
0: Yeah I would say probably five or six and and with the way the card market's going now one or two of, like one of the cards I had on on the top Tier that actually dropped down to slightly more affordable over the last six seven months is a fifty two tops Willie Mays mm-hmm. that that used to be in the top tier, but the the price the price points come down a little bit on that, like in a in, in a lower grade. Um, so that's kind of how I I do it. I I kind of tier it out and
1: now do you have a physical list? Is it like an Excel spreadsheet mm-hmm. and it has and it's and it's broken up into the tiers have and, a, and so that the top tier is above 10k what is the second tier like five to ten or is it like two to ten
0: yeah i would say it's like probably two to ten and then i wouldn't even say two to ten i would say like two to six
1: okay and and what are the how many cards are in that tier for you that are on your want list
0: Uh, seventy-five.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> but again, yeah, you're a list, legit
1: collector, bro. <laughs> my, my my
0: list is a long. Like this is my list, and you know, maybe when we're having the same conversation after my fiftieth birthday, right? I say, hey, there's only thirty-five left out of the seventy-five. Right, so it's not a list for the year. This is a, I I list my cards out, and when I see them and a price that makes sense
1: mm-hmm.
0: and a grade that makes sense with the red eye appeal, mm-hmm. I, 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 I may pick it up. So what I did when I made my first list, I never really had a list and I just would buy everything like random, right? Yeah. Then I locked my list in for my countdown and I've been a lot better for the most part trying to stick to it. I still deviate, but I try to stick to it. Once the countdown list is done, I only have a few cards left on that one. Then I've got a really big list of like, hey, there's some really cool iconic stuff I want to get, right? Mm-hmm. There's probably out of that list, I would say only maybe 15 of those 75 are rookie cards and the rest
1: are not. They're just other iconic cards that I'm interested in. So, so th- not to interrupt, but I also am trying to keep us under an hour and we're already at 45 minutes and I could go for two, but <laughs> uh, easily. Um so just cuz i'm 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 literally asking you cuz i'm trying to learn like i i'm learning from you right now some ideas i'm like yeah i need to do that i need to do that so the money that goes from the regular card account to the to the goal card account or the you called it grail at one point but that card account is that grabbing is that go toward cards in tier 1 and tier 2 or just tier 1
0: oh yeah tier 1 tier 2 tier 3 like nothing I don't, when I use my card account, it's cards that are hundreds of dollars, not thousands. Okay. And
1: then, um, you had mentioned earlier that your brother buys lots of stuff in twos. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of his sweet spot where he can get the card. But as I've mentioned on my channel a lot, a one is like an F on a test. It could be a 2% on the test or it could be a 58. Those aren't the same. Right. But a one is the same thing. Like one that went down the garbage disposal gets a one and one that has a pinhole gets a one. Mm -hmm. But they're not the same, Mm -hmm. you know. And so but a two, a two has a lot of criteria above that huge range, that huge piece of them out there. So I personally like your brother. I target a lot of twos with my pre-war stuff. So I've got a lot of twos in T206s. I just bought a two T205 the other day. Right. I bought a three thirty-three Gaudi Carl Hubble the other day. And so that kind of two, three range is like a sweet spot for pre-war for me. What's kind of your sweet spot? I mean, we saw your satchel was a five um, and yeah, yeah. I know you went big on the Nolan Ryan because Nolan Ryan was your guy. And that's like, that's like your ultimate card. But when you're talking about a vintage card, you know, from the golden age of cardboard, right? And -hmm. we're talking like the 50s or late 40s to early 60s. What's kind of your range that you look for? And I know grades are subjective and we could get into a whole can of worms about grading, (laughs) but it does provide a range of the quality of the card. So what's kind of your range that you shoot for?
0: I, well, I'm taking a look at some of these. I would say...
1: And you can oh. show them instead of just looking.
0: Oh, you want me to show something? Okay.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, so,
0: like some golden age cards will say what I, I like this one. This is this is a three to uh, T206. Um, So, so I T206 this this
1: Ty Cobb, red back in a three, SGC three. So, the card that he's showing.
0: So, yeah, so th- this one in a three. So, I. I would say T206s, I've got a few of them. They range from authentic to, I think I have one in like a five, Mm -hmm. but they, it just depends on the player too, right? Like there's certain players that are less expensive. So I'm okay spending a little bit more for that. Now the satchel page, my goal on the satchel page was actually a four Mm -hmm. and I couldn't find a four at the national that there weren't a ton of these at the national i couldn't find a four that there's only a few fours that i had found i couldn't find one that i thought had good eye appeal so i found this five i thought really good eye appeal but i actually cut a couple cards off my list because i bought that one and it was considerably over what i had planned to spend on my page card right so Mm -hmm. um but yeah but some other ones like here's a 1921 exhibits rogers hornsby it's a two so you know but it's it's a it's i think it's, a it's a
1: really well centered exhibits black and white it doesn't have any of the green tint colors just pure black and white and that's that's a beautiful too.
0: yeah that's one I was, I was pretty happy with and it's you know the back of it it's you know nothing on the back to really mess up right you can't yeah ring on the back looks perfect to me right <laughs> it's just <laughs> all sure. white. yeah um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and so I would say below fives, I mean, I did pick this one up recently, but because it's a, it's a playing card, they typically have slightly higher grades because the card stock's a little better. So this is a, um, national game, Grover Cleveland Alexander, uh, yeah. from 1913 and a five, but that's only because the card it's, it's card stock, like playing card stock, right? So it, it holds up better, mm-hmm. um, my Gehrig, my 33 Gary Gehrig, I have this in a three. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, most of my pre-war stuff is five or less. Once I get into the forties, it's probably a four or less. Like, you know, this, uh, my, my Willie Mays, my 51 Bowman Mays is a four and a half.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and then I don't really jump into anything above a five until like the sixties. Right. So I've got a Pete Rose and a six, sure, but, uh, 50s and older i would say you know with very few exceptions below a five Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what what i originally tried to do was go for the the grade for the decade so 40s cards and fours 30 cards and threes and what i found was as you get to the older cards there's fewer of them they come up for sale less often so you can't be quite as picky with i only want that card in this grade because you could be waiting for a really long time to find one
1: yeah um, so i kind and of And that's enjoy- one and and that's one of the struggles that i have and and that's why picking your brain right now and hearing other people's strategies good for me is because like that's one of my issues it's like you know if if a card shows up online and again, my range is kind of two. I'll, I'll, I'll drop to a one and a half. If it's a nice one, I'll go up to like a three and a half. But much more than that, I just don't feel like the the benefit is worth it for me. But when you're looking at a card that's... Again, you want the eye appeal, but... And the grade really... It really doesn't matter. It, it just makes it, it, it... It's just having a range, I think, is helpful. But like you said... You know, there are a lot of twos that do not look good. Mm. And then there are some twos that are beautiful that have that eye appeal. So it's hard for me when something pops up and I go, I'm not going to see another, you know, uh, T205 chance uh, Mm. in a two that's that well centered. And they're asking a little bit too much. And I know that, you know, I'm not planning on buying that card right now, but it's hard because I want that card mm. like that. And there's not going to be another good looking two for a while. So don't I have to buy it? Right. That's part of the struggle. Yeah, I have the you same. Get to the, when you get to the pre-war stuff or, or even the early 50s stuff and you're looking in that two, three, four range and there's a good looking one, mm. it's hard not to buy.
0: agree with you. It's tough. Like, I, 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 uh, there's, yeah, there's a couple of cards that I saw when I was at the last card show in Denver, um, about I think it was like a month and a half ago, um, that I saw that there was a a guy had some pretty good vintage stuff there. And I was looking at, I was like, oh man, there's a bunch of cards here that look good that I want to pick up. And I, I'm I was trying to have self-control because the show I went to before that, (laughs) i literally like i bought cards just because i like i I bought like 64 tops clemente stand up it wasn't on my list i mean i think it's a great card it wasn't on my list and i saw it in the guy's case I'm like, that card looks awesome and he's like i'll do this price i was like all right cool and i was driving home and i'm like okay cool like i'm really happy with the card i have it up in one of my cases Mm -hmm. but what i do then is say okay well what card now am i going to take off the list because this card wasn't on it and i think well here's
1: but here's the other thing is and, and I, I'll use this analogy, and I think I used it in a video once. And, and if I do anything, it's uh, everything's an analogy in, in life. I speak in parables, <laughs> and but like I bought a boat like seven or eight years ago, and I bought the boat for like forty five hundred dollars. And my thought process was, this is a really good deal on this boat. Mm. And I can sell it for Mm $4,500. It's not going to go down to $1,000. It's pretty much plateaued and flattened out. And if it goes down a little bit, I'm not really risking a lot. But I might look back and regret not buying this boat. And we used it for two, three, four years. We had fun with it. We sold it. And I sold it actually for a little more than I bought it for. And it's the same thing with that Clemente standup is that's the other thing that I have barking at my ear as I'm thinking I'm not going to buy this is. But wait, if you decide in a month that you shouldn't have bought it, you can get that amount or something close to it. It's like you're, mm. you're buying a commodity. You're right. not buying something that has fleeting value. It's like right. it's a pretty stable asset. It's like buying a, a brick of gold, you know. Mm and and it may not go way up but it might not go way down you're you're not really risking a lot with some of this stuff whereas if you're buying a wander franco uh, rookie card it's it there anything could happen
0: right, right? Right. And it, it did, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. And Josh Giddy is dealing with some similar stuff too. So that's one of the that's one of the reasons mm. that you know a guy gets benched, a guy hurt gets hurt. You know, I don't know what's happening with Burrow cards right now. He's hurt. Mm. You know, it's like, you know, they're worried about you know Mike Trout's back. And and it's like so it's like all of that stuff, but but when we're talking about Roberto Clemente, mm. that's a pretty stable asset.
0: I agree, and that's why I I try to stay away from the newer stuff. Like I was going through picking some rookie cards, like I said, for like one from each decade, and you know, even like this, right? This is a seventies card. It's a, it's a George Brett rookie. Sure. Yep. This card, you know, I don't foresee that tanking. I don't foresee no. that going crazy, but it's stable. But then as you get newer,
1: and, and right, the other like, thing about that Brett that you just showed is it's centered. Yes, And so when you're buying eye appeal and you're buying centered, those aren't growing on trees and will always have demand. The the grade of a two or a three might fluctuate, but a centered two or a three with good eye appeal, Mm. there's always going to be someone that wants that.
0: 100% agree. And like, as you get to the newer stuff, like I actually, it's funny you know here's my here's my 80s card right try to pick an iconic 80s
1: showing an 89 upper deck Griffey in a 10.
0: so this I feel like again if I needed to move this card I could sell it for something close to what I paid for if I sell it down the road probably more but then I go to the even newer cards and the grades drop and the reason that the grades drop are because the card values fluctuate too much so I'm not comfortable Mm -hmm. like this one the sp foil jeter i have it in an eight when i bought it i could have when i I bought this in 2019 i could have at the time picked up a nine not anymore but i could have picked up a nine but my fear was if i paid the premium for the nine and the market reset this would have a it would have a much bigger drop and like i said i'm not in it to make money i'm not in it I'm, i'm in it to collect the cards but for me i know that i would have anxiety later if i was like I paid, you know, for a nine, let's say I paid 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 for it in 2019, whatever it was going for. And if it had dropped to like $800, I would say, what could I, in my mind, I could have bought all this other stuff instead. And yeah. so I bought in a, slightly like lower grade, so I got a better yeah. price.
1: I have, I have that Jeter in an eight as well.
0: Nice. Right. Because- all right.
1: Show me this, show me this one. And then we're going to we're gonna wrap this because cool. we want to try to stay around. And, oh, yeah, that. So he's now showing the 2001 Topps Chrome traded Ichiro Pujols dual rookie card.
0: Same with this one. I, I, I thought about this one. I thought about getting this one in the 10. But then at the same time, it's a modern card and the market yeah. fluctuates more. So if I paid the premium for the 10, I can't imagine it looking any better than that 9. It could go up. I mean, it's not like, it's not going to be a surprise when Pujols gets in the Hall of Fame, right? Right. But yeah. it it could, it could fluctuate more. So that's kind of my thing is I'm more comfortable spending more on cards that I feel like are more stable value, like you said, right? Like the days, yeah. the stand up, right? Like any vintage, any, not to be morbid, any player that <laughs> was great, that's dead. To me, right. it's a lot more stable. Nothing will happen, right? Like, who knows right like if if pool holds all of a sudden i'm not saying this could happen but like pools all of a sudden is hey you got his like eighth dui in two months like right oh, right like yeah things could still happen with players after they retire but yeah once they're dead especially guys that have been dead for a long time <laughs> it's just it's more stable so i'm more comfortable spending a little bit more on that card because i feel like the price if i have to get rid of it the price will stay
1: stable yeah no, I, I totally agree. Again, I think we see eye to eye. I, I actually, you gave me some good advice. I'm going to, I'm going to start. I'm going to, I'm really going to process some of this stuff about the tiers, about the actual list, about taking money from the card account and putting it into the goal account. Like I love those ideas. Uh, I obviously love seeing your cards and I obviously love talking to you about this stuff and, hey, maybe we'll do a part two at some point or something. All but, right. uh, you know, again, right. I I first want to say to Mike Moynihan, thank you for asking me to be, you know, a, a, a fill-in. Like when Jeopardy! was having, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the fill-in <laughs> for a week. And I feel like, you know, the Alex Trebek fill-in for a week. And so... I really appreciate you allowing me to do this and I really appreciate Darren you coming on with me. And oh, again, me. even though I feel like we've been friends for a while, right. it's fine to it's fun to actually talk, right? So, yeah. I genuinely had a really good time over the last hour.
0: Me too. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on and Mike, thanks for thanks for letting us jump on your show. Appreciate that.
1: Yeah, so with that, uh, thanks for tuning in. Mike will be back at some point eventually. I don't know what his uh, plan for his other fill-ins is going to be, but I can tell you that we had a lot of fun today, and we hope everybody watching and or listening enjoyed it as well. So with that,
0: yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah,
1: Darren, return to collecting. If you're not a subscriber, check him out. I'm Greg from Midlife Cards. If you're not a subscriber or viewer of mine, I hope you'll check out my channel as well.
0: You guys should check out Greg's channel. He has <laughs> his content is incredible. Every video he does is so thoughtful and well researched and he does a great job with with his with, with his graphs and images and stuff like Mine looks like a four-year-old did it, so I don't even try that anymore. His is fantastic. You need to Uh, check out his channel. Now
1: I'm going to have to send you that bonus I was telling you about. You learn so much watching his (laughs) – I I learn a
0: lot watching his channel. You're very
1: kind. And, and again, you're too kind. All right, everybody. That will do it for us. And thanks for uh, tuning in.